The MarTech Podcast is a proud member of the I Hear Everything Podcast Network. Looking to launch or scale your podcast? I Hear Everything delivers podcast production, growth, and monetization solutions that transform your words into profit. Ready to give your brand a voice? Then visit IHearEverything.com. From advertising to software as a service to data. Across all of our programs and clients, we've seen a 55 to 65% open rate. Getting brands authentically integrated into content performs better than TV advertising. Typical lifespan of an article is about 24 to 36 hours. If we're reaching out to the right person with the right message and a clear call to action, then it's just a matter of timing. Welcome to the MarTech Podcast, and I hear everything production. In this podcast, you'll hear the stories of world-class marketers that use technology to drive business results and achieve career success. We'll unearth the real-world experiences of some of the brightest minds in the marketing and technology space so you can learn the tools, tips, and tricks they've learned along the way. Now here's the host of the MarTech Podcast, Benjamin Shapiro. Welcome to the MarTech Podcast. I'm your host, Benjamin Shapiro, and today we're going to discuss some emerging B2B trends. Joining us is Steve Ohanians, who's the co-founder and CEO of Web Inertia, which is a full-service Silicon Valley-based digital agency with offices in San Jose and San Francisco. Go Giants! With 20 years' experience in delivering award-winning results for its clients, Web Inertia specializes in building strategic digital brands and web experiences specifically for B2B technology companies. And today, Steve and I are going to talk about the top-ranking tech websites. All right, here is the first part of my conversation with Steve Ohanians, the co-founder and CEO of Web Inertia. Steve, welcome to the MarTech Podcast. Thanks for having me. Excited to have you as a guest on the show. Excited to talk to another local. You're here in San Francisco Bay Area. Sports fan at all, any chance? Sports fan. So we're in San Jose, so I'm a big Sharks fan. Hockey, although they're not the greatest team to be a fan of the last couple of years. I think hockey classifies as a sport, and I think the Sharks are still a team. If we can call it a team. Yeah. <laughs> Apparently, you know, I am a Cal football fan, so I understand the struggle of a team that just can't seem to get over the hump. And not to make an abrupt change, but that seems to be some of the problem with a lot of B2B tech sites, right? You're kind of middle of the pack, not able to win the championship, not getting to the mountaintop because everything seems to be relatively static. Everybody's B2B tech sites do relatively the same thing. So I want to talk a little bit about who's actually doing it the best. Help me understand how you rank the top tech websites. So yeah, we actually started a report a couple of years ago, just as a way for us to get connected. I mean, we work with a lot of B2B tech organizations, like you mentioned, and we wanted to find a way for us to stay connected with that B2B tech industries and find gaps and opportunities in delivering stronger web experiences, primarily for our clients, which are B2B tech clients. So we started, we have an idea to look at these Fortune 500 B2B tech companies and look at what these giants possibly did right and wrong in their web experiences. And eventually, after a couple of years of doing this, we started publishing the data to provide actual benchmarks for the industry. So the way we do it is we filter the Fortune 500 to around, I think comes out to about 40 or 45 B2B tech organizations like 
IBM and Cisco and Salesforce and HP and those types of companies. And we look closely at several analysis areas, such as best practices in navigation or content narratives or using animation or the full brand experience itself. And we use those analysis areas to come up with an effectiveness score for the website's homepage. And then we take that and we compare that to their engagement metrics. So time on site, how long people are staying on the site, how many pages do they visit, uh, how often do they bounce out. And we started looking for correlations between do these best practices in design have anything to do with people engaging with the site better? And we immediately started seeing correlations for those things. Talk to me about the scoring mechanism that you use. You mentioned not only are you looking at what the site does, but then some of the site metrics. What does the math look like when you're evaluating a B2B tech website? Like I said, we have our own best practice analysis areas that we grade from zero to five, I believe. Those include navigation, brand experience, content experience, interactivity, animation. So there's certain criteria. So we use that for our own best practice effectiveness score, but then we use third-party tools to get traffic and bounce rates and time on site and number of pages and all that. So we take both of those data sources and then we start comparing those to each other to see what it all means. So give me the lay of the land. Who's doing a good job with their B2B sites using your score algorithm and who's struggling? So there's actually, in our third annual reports coming out in September, but we've seen some sites that are consistently doing good, like Salesforce is one that's been consistently in our top five, where they have a great brand experience. It feels authentic. It feels unique. It doesn't look like every other B2B tech site that's out there. For a site that has a lot of different user or buyer personas with all the different products that they offer, they do a relatively good job of providing paths for those folks from their homepage to find what they need. They do a good job with navigation. So they're consistently on top. HP Enterprise, HP does a good job usually on those sites as well. So those are a couple that stand in mind. And then there's some sites, and I don't know if I'm going to name them right now, that they have terrible for like Fortune 500 companies, terrible navigation, terrible content. And you actually, once you start looking at that and compare it to their engagement metrics, you immediately see like they're not doing as well as they could be if they just paid attention to some basic best practices. But yeah, those are some of the folks out there that are doing pretty well. A special thanks to our presenting sponsor, Mutinex. Ready to take your team from I think to I know? Then join brands like Samsung, ING, and Asahi who make better marketing decisions with Mutinex. Mutinex Growth OX, the marketing mixed modeling platform that makes measuring ROI fast, easy, and cost-effective. Request a demo at mutinex.co. That's M-U-T-I-N-E-X dot co. Time for a one-minute break to hear from our presenting sponsor, Mutinex. In 1919, John Wanamaker said, half the money I spend on advertising is wasted. I just don't know which half. Well, the advertising landscape has changed since then, and instead of reaching your audience on two channels, you're probably reaching them on 20. Turns out John didn't know how easy he had it. But that doesn't mean that you should give up on striving towards marketing effectiveness. No matter how complex your marketing strategy is, Mutinex Growth OX is the market mix modeling platform that measures the impact of marketing on your bottom line. 
Mutinex's market mix modeling platform calibrates your insights against the latest market conditions so you can make media and marketing investment decisions confidently and quickly. Ready to take your team from I think to I know? Then join brands like Samsung, ING, and Asahi who make better marketing decisions with Mutinex. Mutinex Growth OX, your best decision starts here. To learn more about Mutinex, go to mutinex.co. That's M-U-T-I-N-E-X dot co. Okay, here's the rest of today's interview. So walk me through some of the best practices that you mentioned. I'm sure that this is a lesson that people outside of the Fortune 500 can learn that when you're thinking about your web experience, you need to do X. What are the basic blocking and tackling that B2B tech sites need to cover? Our criteria is, I think, six or seven things. So navigation is one of the key ones. So making sure that the user can easily navigate to whatever section they want to get to and they have a good sense of knowing where they are within the site's information architecture. Content narratives, page narratives. So are you just talking about yourself on the website? You know, how great your features are and how great you are and what you're doing, or do you actually start talking about the specific pain points that users have? I think one thing that we generally see with what some folks do wrong with their B2B website is they go on and on about their features and functions and how great they are, and they're not really focusing on building relationships with people. And sometimes in the B2B world, it's easy for us to think of our customers as these arbitrary logos and company names and not necessarily folks that are doing a specific job that they have a pain point with. So we want to make sure that these organizations are really thinking about focusing on creating relationships with people and how do you solve that pain point and how do you build trust and have an authentic voice doing it and not look like another blue logo among the sea of blue logo B2B companies that are out there, right? So how do you be authentic? So that content narrative is a part of it. Uniqueness and authenticity in your brand experience, we look at that as an important factor. Interactivity, are there interactions or animations that allow the user to want to explore or interact with a piece of content more, explore your site a little bit more? And we grade those, whether it's completely broken or they're doing an amazing job. One thing that you didn't mention was basically the path to conversion. Yes, you can have a brand experience and clear navigation and the right tone with your copy, but evaluating a B2B technology website without thinking about how is it able to actually support leads or demand gen feels like we're missing part of the story. So how do you think about how efficient a website is in driving conversions and how does that factor into how you're ranking those websites? So for our ranking, we're specifically looking to just the homepages right now, just the starting point, the gateway, but user journeys and user paths and those buyer personas are an extremely important formula in whatever website project that we're taking on, because especially in the B2B environment where there's multiple personas, right? Like there's folks that are using the product versus folks that are trying to make a decision on spending thousands of dollars a year or hundreds of thousands of dollars a year on a solution that you're providing, they're typically not the ones using the product, right? So they have inherently different paths, content needs, and call to action needs that they need 
So defining who those personas are and their journey from wherever their landing page or landing point is towards that final lead generation or call to action that leads them to some kind of an engagement with the solve is very important. That is part of the process that we work on with our clients when we're designing a new site. You know, at the end of the day, when we think about our B2B tech websites, it's easy to follow best practices from some of the top websites. You might look at the Fortune 500 and assume that they know the right path. But it's all about building relationships. It's all about understanding who your customer is and being able to allow them to navigate to the right information so they can be more self-directed. More and more consumers are defaulting towards self-researching as opposed to going through the sales process. So your B2B tech website matters more now than it ever has. And that wraps up this episode of the MarTech Podcast. Thanks to Steve Ahanian, the co-founder and CEO of Web Inertia, for joining us. In part two of this interview, which we'll publish tomorrow, Steve and I are going to talk about the emerging B2B marketing trends. If you can't wait until our next episode and you'd like to get in touch with Steve, you can find a link to his LinkedIn profile in our show notes. You can contact him on Twitter, where his handle is Steve Ohanian's, or you could visit his company's website, which is webinertia.com, W-E-B-E-N-E-R-T-I-A.com. Just one more link in our show notes I'd like to tell you about. If you didn't have a chance to take notes while you were listening to this podcast, head over to martechpod.com, where we have summaries of all of our episodes and contact information for our guests. You can also subscribe to our weekly newsletter, and you can even send us your topic suggestions or your marketing questions, which we'll answer live on our show. Of course, you can always reach out on social media. Our handle is martechpod, M-A-R-T-E-C-H-P-O-D, on LinkedIn, Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Or you can contact me directly. My handle is Ben J. Shap, B-E-N-J-S-H-A-P. And if you haven't subscribed yet and you want a daily stream of marketing and technology knowledge in your podcast feed, we're going to publish an episode every day this year. So hit the subscribe button in your podcast app, and we'll be back in your feed tomorrow morning. All right, that's it for today. But until next time, my advice is to just focus on keeping your customers happy. Thanks for listening to the MarTech Podcast, and I hear everything production. Looking to launch or scale a podcast like this one for your brand? Then visit IHearEverything.com.